Right, everyone, what is going on? Hope we're all keeping very, very well, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I've been very lacking in this lately, and by lacking, I mean I did not just, just simply just didn't record a podcast last week, um, for the sole reason being that I just didn't plan to do one, um, which is my bad, sincere apologies. Um, like, being brutally honest as of lately, just with how, like, I'll, and I'll be totally honest with you guys, podcasting has been very much bottom of the priority list from a work point of view like when there's a list of work-based things to do the podcast for now very much comes bottom of the list because you know and from a, from a work point of view i've very much got to prioritize kind of what's going to give me the most return from work point of view so like from that is mainly going to be client-based things you know um coaching clients working with them one-to-one programming check-ins calls um, you know, people who are inquiring for coaching, talking to them, setting them up. Um, they're they're the most important ones. And then when we come to a content point of view, you know, we look at things like, you know, because from a content point of view, like my podcast, my emails, my Instagram page, it's all a means of kind of marketing who I am and what I do, if that makes sense. And like the, the majority of people who work with me will come through, you know, emails and through my, my Instagram. You know, at the end of the day, my from a coaching point of view, my priority is to work with you know, as many people as I possibly can to get them the best results I possibly can. You know, and when I sat down and kind of look at where I'm, where people are coming to be from, you know, Instagram and emails do require the most amount of time. So that's kind of sitting down and kind of block making emails, um, putting more effort into my content, and but like that's only a small amount of it. The, the majority of my work will come from actually working one to one with my clients, um, which is growing this time of year. So my focus definitely has come a lot off the podcast so going forward if I do miss a week of podcasts it's purely there's a week that I just haven't had a second to plan and record a podcast and edit it and get it up in time so I'm gonna do my very best to get these up every Friday um and like don't get me wrong like even with saying that like the last six months have been like that and I think I've missed two Fridays so it will not be a regular thing where I'm just missing podcast episodes so don't be worrying about that um but if it does happen again, that's just simply kind of why it's happening. So listen, if you are someone who wants to get a lot more from me, um, you know if well you can get in touch with me and to work with me online, which is www.coachbenon.com or just give me a DM on Instagram or email me at danrispersonaltraining at gmail.com and we'll go from there. Or so I know you've come from the podcast and like the biggest reason I would have, I would keep this podcast as you know, like higher on the prior list is if I got, say, an email, like, so at the end of each podcast, I'm going to start doing now is say, like, DM me the words X, Y, or Z to inquire for coaching. And if I get, like, you know, like two or three of them a week, then of course I'm going to keep put the podcast higher on the prior list. So if you're listening to this right now and you do, you are interested in working one-to-one, um, DM me the words coached by Dan podcast, um, and I'll get in touch with you, should all the details you need regarding coaching with myself. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be debunking 10 of what I feel are the most common fitness myths. Um, and I took a bit of time kind of making this list because I feel like, and I was asking a few clients about this, and there's a few in there that I never actually thought of, that I wouldn't actually thought of putting in the list. Um, but I think from a fitness point of view, there, there are a lot of things that people would kind of believe in for no good reason other than, you know, they heard it from a friend of theirs, some silly influencer posted on their page or made a video about it. And, you know... It's quite hard to distinguish what's right and what's wrong. So, essentially, what we're going to do this podcast is we're going to look at these ten points and kind of break down kind of you know why they are in fact incorrect. So, without further ado, let's start at point number one. 
And the first point was that is the, is the myth that your metabolism slows as you get older. Something I hear a lot from clients in their kind of 30s, 40s, 50s are that, oh, they're finding it really hard to lose weight because they've really slow metabolism. And when they were younger, it was so fast, and now, because it's so slow, you know, weight loss isn't easy. It simply isn't true. Well, it may slow, but the, ex- the, the, the extent to which it'll have an effect is as much people think, or is as much people put, will put blame on. The reality of the situation is, as we get older, we gain a lot more responsibility and lose a lot of time. Like, put it this way, I'm going to use myself as a prime example because I very much fit into this category. I'm only 24 years fucking old. In school, I played hockey, I played football, I played tennis. And, like, obviously the sports, like, every day when you're primary school, you know, I was a very thin teenager. Or, like, kid. Up through my secondary school years, again, I played football and hockey. I left football and kind of went mini hockey, but... You know, I, I, I was quite active. I play, I trained three or four times a week in school and in club. I had two matches a week and then obviously sport in school and just generally being quite an active person. Do you know? Um, coming to college again, I still played hockey. I training, but three or four days a week, four or five days in the gym even. Um, again, generally quite active. And then when I was a PT in the gym, again, teaching about four or five classes a week, um, you know, but 25,000 steps a day, walk around the gym with clients, my own training as well. You know, my energy expenditure is quite high. And now look at me, like I work primarily online with my clients. Well, not primarily, I work only online with my clients. So the majority of my day, I'm sitting at a desk. So if I want to lose body fat, I have to eat significantly less calories before and make more of it to get out and move more. You look at a standard person, you know, in school, secondary school, they're quite active sports. College comes around, you know, social life comes around, drinking, food comes a little higher. They get into a job, they work nine to five, they don't have time for themselves. They have kids and more responsibilities. They don't have time to put themselves as as, as in front as they, as they would have beforehand. So it's not a case of when you get older and metabolism slows down. It's the fact that you're simply not doing as much as you were when you were younger. And you're probably as well eating a little more than you were younger too. For a different, it could be stress. You know, with a lot of jobs, especially obviously having, having kids, of course, and not have any, not that I know of. Um, you know, stress is probably going to be a little higher as well. And these are things that can cause you to to have less of an activity in your life and just eat a little more food. So metabolism, if someone's finding it hard to lose weight, it isn't a metabolism point of thing. It's just kind of how they're going about their life. And you no, know, it's not impossible to, to change it up. Of course, like I've worked, I work with plenty of clients who, who work nine to fives, have kids and even working longer than nine to fives, like people who work 60, 70 hours of work a week. I mean, plan and work around them. Maybe the fast way of losing weight, but it's, it's doing what we can with what they have. That's the first thing I want to debunk is the fact that metabolism doesn't slow to an extent that would affect weight loss that massively as we get older. The second thing we'll talk about is that carbs lead to fat gain. I think it's a pretty, like, you hear about things like, oh, don't eat carbs after 10 because it'll be stored as body fat, or don't, you know, just carbs, you're like, oh, I want to lose fat, so I'm just going to cut carbs. Like, the reason why carbs get a bad rep, right? First things first, calories are made up of three macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats. Protein and carbs both have four calories per gram, and fats have nine, sorry, protein and carbs, sorry, yeah, have four calories per gram, and fats have nine calories per gram. So, like, per gram point of view, protein and calories are, like, the same from a calorie point of view. Well, and we know to, to gain body fat, we need to be in a ca- big calorie surplus, so eat more calories than we burn, and we'll put body fat on. So, why carbs? Why not protein? Because same amount of calories in per gram. It's because carbs are a lot easier to eat, you know? You don't see anyone overeating protein. 
it's usually overconsumption of carbs. Like half of most people, if not more people's calories will generally come from carbohydrates. So when you cut carbohydrates out of your diet, you're generally slashing your calories in half, you know? But then that comes with its own host of challenges, which is, you know, a lot less enjoyment from your food because at the end of the day, carbs, cookies, cereals, wraps, crisps, chips, they taste really fucking good. And when you cut them out of your diet, like it's just kind of miserable, you know? No donuts, no pizza, no nothing like that. Proteins, like, when was the last time you heard someone like overeat chicken or steak or fucking beef mints? Never really, you know, ever. Um, so the carbohydrates, they're, they're really easy to eat. So we can generally eat more of them. And because we eat more of them, we just generally get more calories from carbohydrates. So it's not that carbohydrates, carbohydrates even directly cause them to gain body fat. It's more the case of like, someone's probably in a bigger calorie surplus as a result of eating more carbohydrates, which, have, which in turn will have you eat more calories. So... When it comes to fat loss, like, yeah, you may want to reduce your carb intake, but, like, don't slash it. Just look at your overall. It's probably easier to, to pull calories from carbohydrates because you're probably getting more than anything else. Probably pull your protein up a little bit, and fats, just do what you want there. Do you know? Um, but, yeah, if anyone's listening is trying to drop body fat and they've just cut carbs altogether, reintroduce them, you know? A little less than beforehand, but I guarantee you'll, you'll see weight loss happen despite having carbs in your life. The third one I'm going to go through is a big one, is that is the myth that you should stretch before you work out. Stretching is one of these things that people feel they need to do, but don't actually know why. It's more the case of just ingrained that even from school, from sports, yeah, before we do anything, you got to stretch. They don't pull a muscle. And that's just bullshit, first of all. That's just not a thing. But we want to go through kind of what stretching actually is and how it can actually hinder exercise. So first things first, stretching doesn't actually do anything to you long term. Right? I don't know if you hear Moses behind me. Stretching is a passive modality. There's no challenge. There's no stress in the body. And our body adapts through stress. Do you know? When we do something passive to our body, like a stretch, like a static stretch, it's not doing anything long-term to our body. So if I want someone to... I'm going to let him out real quick because he pisses me off. You can leave. Raw, unedited podcast. I'll sit back down pick up for you. That's off. So if I have someone come to me and they can't, they can... They can, can't touch the toes and get them to their knees. If I have someone rub a ball on their foot, stretch their half, their hamstrings, their calves and their glutes, they can touch the toes in like two minutes. But the minute they get them and start moving again, they've lost that flexibility. Flexibility is short-term. The effects of stretching is all short-term. So you can stretch every day for the next year if you want. The effects of each day of stretching will last literally minutes before it's gone because there's nothing for us to react to. If you want to improve your mobility, load that stretch position with weight like an art if you want to improve your hip mobility your hamstring mobility you know get really strong in rdls we're actually loading your hamstrings in that stretch position so you're actually adding stress to that stretch position now why should we not do before we work out well there's two main reasons the first thing is that stretching acts as like a relaxation for your muscles right so when you stretch a muscle actually relaxes which isn't ideal when you're going into something that you want to, you know, when you're lifting, you're you're intent, intentionally stressing out your muscles, you know? So we don't particularly want them in a relaxed state going into a heavy exercise where you kind of want them to be under stress. And the second thing is stretching will cause, well, two more things. Stretching will cause short-term added mobility, right? So if you stretch your quads or hammies, whatever that, and you move into your first few sets of warm squats, your mobility is going a lot more then obviously you get your heavier sets, and all of a sudden that, it, it lessens. So that can cause a bit, of, a bit of, you know, difficulty when actually going through your squat. But the last one is that it significantly reduces your force output. 
which means that if I'm trying to do a one rep max squat or I'm going for a heavy set of like three, four, five reps of squats and I stretch beforehand, I'm probably not going to be able to lift as much because I've reduced my body's ability to produce force with those muscles because I've stretched them out that short term. So should we stretch before your workout? Absolutely fucking not. Point number four is a big one. Um, the myth is you have to hit 10,000 steps a day. Look, I don't know where the 10,000 steps a day came from. Um, I, I, I heard it a few weeks ago on a podcast, but I can't for the life of me remember where it came from. But like 10,000 steps a day, like I, like I won't be, I won't lie to you. I give a lot of my clients 10,000 steps a day. I probably give more than not a goal of 10,000 a day. It's a nice number. You know, it's, it's not too high. It's not too low. It's manageable to hit, but you know, it's not like a stupid low activity level. Like, we want clients to be active. It could be from weight loss point of view. It could be from a vitamin D point of view. We want clients to get out and about just to, to, to get moving a little more, right? But like from a weight loss point of view, you don't have to do 10,000 steps a day. I have clients doing 6,000 steps a day and still losing weight. 5,000, 8,000. I have some doing 15,000, 20,000 a day because that's what they require. The 10,000 mark is an arbitrary number. It's just a number that it's a it's a handy one to aim for do you know ten thousand a day seven thousand a week happy fucking days do you know but like there's no like if someone wants to lose weight you have to be an overall deficit of calories for that weight to be lost you know burn more calories again on a consistent basis you know if i'm doing that consistently you know on ten thousand steps a day eight thousand steps a day no matter what the steps actually are if you're doing that consistently you know, then you're good to go. Just make sure that from a food point of view, that the food you're taking in, the calories you're spending, you know, it, it equates to weight loss. You know, I got someone who prefers eating really low calories and doing low steps and that has them deficit. Or someone who eats really high calories and has a really active lifestyle. You know, I know someone who used to eat 5,000 calories a day but would do about 30,000 steps a day at the same time. Do you know? Worked in manual labor, so was quite out and about most of the day and would lose weight consistently that way. So the 10,000 step mark is a very arbitrary number it's just a handy reference point to start from and then kind of move from there next up uh you the myth is you should be sore for a good workout and the whole no pain no gain situation uh yeah this is bullshit you know pain after workout does not mean your workout was good and no pain after workout does not mean your workout was not effective first of all pain if it's like pain pain and bad pain that you know it's not a good thing that shouldn't be happening. But from a pain point of view, like uh, I think the pain we're referring to is DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, where the next day you wake up and you can't fucking walk, right? This is going to happen from a number of things. Number one, if it's a brand new stimulus you're not used to, that'll happen. So if you start training and after a long time kind of detrained, you probably will have that feeling until your body adapts that new stress. If it's persistent, it's going to be a sign that you just aren't recovering properly, which isn't a thing to celebrate you know oh my god i'm always sore like that's means you're fucking awful recovering so diet training volume or sleep needs to fucking cop on a little bit so yeah if you're always sore after a workout it's not a good thing and you may want to get that sussed um another one sweating does not mean you've had a good workout this is gonna be short and sweet sweating is merely your body trying to regulate its heat if it did not sweat it would overheat and that would not be a good thing um if you were to work out in a freezing cold like fridge, you would not sweat. You'd probably shiver because, again, it's really fucking cold. If you're training to the point where you're sweating, it means your body is getting quite warm and it's trying to auto-regulate its heat. Um, so, yeah, if you don't sweat, it does not mean you've had a bad workout. Sweating is just your body making sure temperature-wise you're, you're all good to go. Uh, number seven, the myth is you can target body fat loss. You cannot spot release body fat. If I do crunches, I will not lose body fat on my tummy. If I do bicep curls, I will not lose body fat around my arms. Uh, muscle and fat are in no 
way linked. And it's going to come into a point later on the podcast as well. Like, muscle and fat aren't linked. Like, if I do a bicep curl, it's kind of like, if I do a bicep curl, there's fat around my muscle. But if I'm doing bicep curl, I'm using my muscle. The fat's just moving around that arm. Do you know that kind of way? Um, it's not going to be lessened or, or gained through through training. It's just going to, it's just kind of there around the muscle being worked. You can build muscle underneath the body fat, but you can't, you know, spartan use body fat by training certain areas you know no study has confirmed this and it just simply isn't thing because we just know how the body works okay if you want to lose body fat be deficit of calories you know expend more calories taken on a daily basis train of course but like if i'm again if i'm doing bicep curls i won't lose fat around my arms if i'm doing crunches i will not lose fat around my waist fair enough fair enough number eight running on treadmills is better for your knees than running off a treadmill uh, also bullshit like your body is not a machine you know this whole idea of wear and tear it, it doesn't really apply to the human body because the human body can adapt to things. Like, we're not a machine. If a machine, if I, my laptop, if I hit my laptop with a hammer, it will just be broken. It doesn't adapt to it, you know? If we break our legs or we, you know, break something, it'll, it'll, it can repair. You know, if we obviously surgery, it'll repair. If I, you know, I, you know, if I cut my arm, you know, it'll heal itself. We, if I'm running five kilometers like a since if I lose a bit of weight or if I reduce my run volume, I will not get like a slowly build up from there. We we're we're something that we 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 adapt to things. And if I'm running, if I'm sore running on, you know, a road and I'm okay running on a treadmill, it's probably a case of like my my. I don't know that it's inherently better. It doesn't more it's softer on our body. You know, if you train your body to the point where it can slowly progress to the point where you can run on harder surfaces, then it's absolutely fine. But by no means is it better for your knees to run on a treadmill. Um, number nine, weightlifting makes women bulky. Uh, it simply doesn't. So, no one has ever gone to a gym and woke up and were like, shit, I'm too big. It's never actually happened, you know? First things first, I've been training myself for ooh, 16, so what, eight years now? Um, and I'm still not as big as I want to be. You know, that kind of way, it doesn't happen. And I'm a lad. I excrete 15 times more testosterone than a woman would, you know? And at that being said, like... The fact that women will secrete a 15th of the amount of testosterone a lad will just significantly impacts their ability to get big and bulky. You know? So it just won't happen no matter. You can be following the most perfect training plan for the next 5-10 years of your life. Like, you'll look fantastic. You'll have a good build in your muscle, ladies. Um, but by no means will you be massive and bulky. Just because from a testosterone point of view, that won't happen. You know, But even with that being said, like it doesn't happen where you kind of you wake up one morning after lift some weight. You're like, oh shit, I have too much muscle. My shoulder's big, my back's too big. That doesn't happen, you know? And the last point I want to make is you can't turn fat into muscle like if i am a consistent gym goer and i stop for a couple months my muscle will not turn to body fat nor like my last point if i'm going to the gym my fat will not turn into muscle you can lose one and gain one but you can't turn one into the other like if i'm going to the gym and i'm in a deficit of calories i can build muscle and drop body fat if i'm quite new to it but like it's not a case where one's going to turn into the other so yeah, again, if you want to lose body fat, of course, train the gym do your thing, but, like, you can lose body fat and build muscle, but you cannot turn fat into muscle. They're not the same thing, you know, they can't go from one to the other. That's simply just not how it actually works, okay? I hope this podcast has been in some way helpful, you know, going through 10 things there that I feel like a lot of people do believe and kind of struggle with, and hopefully this this kind of podcast has left you a little, a little better off without that information or being a thing in your head that you feel like is true. Um, again, like I said towards the start of the podcast, if anyone wants to get in touch regarding coaching or wants me to kind of work the more one-to-one, um, just given the fact that a podcast, you know, is less of a priority now more so than ever, um, again, just DM me 
on and if you want if you are a podcast listener who wants the podcast to be more frequent then dm me the word pod on sorry um the coach but coach but on podcast and on instagram so i know you're you're coming for coaching through the podcast and you know it'll it'll mean i can increase the amount of kind of effort on the podcast all right but um to everyone listening if you are interested again coach down podcast dm on instagram and we'll go from there my instagram is at coach by dan uh but to everyone listening i hope you really really enjoyed that and gained some value from it if you did feel free to to share rate of five stars on apple podcast on spotify um subscribe if you haven't already and uh, i'll see you in the next one take it easy and uh, have a great great day